Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. Our guest today is Kevin Gauch. As a certified manager of quality and organizational excellence through ASQ with a focus on the construction industry, Kevin has set himself apart as an expert in quality management. In the past 30 years, his experience includes quality and project management in the construction industry. And that's probably what I'm super excited to talk to you about today, Kevin. So welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. It's I really appreciate you having me. And I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to just hearing from you on... Well, a couple different things, but first I want to talk about lean principles in construction. So you obviously have a vast amount of experience uh, in the construction industry, specifically around applying lean principles. And it's always interesting to me when I talk to people from uh, different industries, obviously outside of manufacturing, because manufacturing, it's so easy for us to, uh, to teach, to train, to see lean. Uh, and, and just it's so obvious, right? Uh, but in other industries outside of manufacturing, it can be a little bit more difficult. And lean tools and techniques have to be, we have to be flexible with how they're applied, especially outside of manufacturing. So what would you say? How, I mean, what, what, how do you apply lean principles in the construction industry? It, it's interesting you put it that way, that we have to be flexible in the way they're applied. And I agree with you 100%, but they are universal. Yes. Right? Like the principles themselves. I, I, I heard a saying once, once you know the way you see the way in all things. Right. And that could be any number of, of like overlays of the way that you perceive your world. And, and if you look at it through a lean lens, mm-hmm. kind of once you know what lean is and the five principles, you can see it, whether it's in manufacturing or service, construction, administrative uh, you know, processes, whatever it is. Uh, the struggle we had early on, at least as uh, as someone who was just fresh to, to learning concepts of, of lean, and at the time I was also learning construction, I was, I was early on in my career, was there weren't any real good resources or analogies out there that would train you on lean construction principles, right? Mm-hmm. It was just, here's the Toyota way, right? Like, here's the, 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 the books on manufacturing and lean and the principles, and we'd read them and then and now it was okay as a group, let's talk about what this means to us and how we can apply them. So it, it added that extra layer of complexity of, of uh, kind of winning hearts and minds, right? And, and it's probably an ongoing battle in the construction industry for sure when it comes, when it comes to lean. Mm-hmm. But probably what made it most uh, tangible to me when, when I tried to like go and, and see it was, uh, the idea that in, in manufacturing, you've got uh, the, the, the raw materials that go into the process throughout this different, let's call them stations that, uh, you know, transform those raw materials into a product that a customer ordered that I then deliver. Uh, in construction, it's the product sits in one spot and the machines that build that product work around the product and transform it, right? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's, it's really no different, okay? So I could go to a construction site and I can see an empty hole sitting there waiting to be filled with rebar and, and concrete. Mm-hmm. That's overproduction, right? Why did you dig that hole if I didn't need that today, right? right? Um, and what I've found very interesting is that the, the general foreman, and I'll speak kind of specifically to, to uh, utility construction, and in this case, it was a civil example where 
we had a general foreman who's planning the job and he's really sharp and he's probably a lot smarter than he'd give himself credit for, mm. right? When it comes to understanding lean and, and, and their principles. And so I was talking to him, I said, well, we've got a schedule that we have to be done at a certain time. We have, that, we have to pace our work so that we're done here, but that we don't overextend ourselves or have, let's say, overproduction just to wait, right? Hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, which is the, the kind of the backbone of, of construction. And uh, I said, so what are you going to do? And he said, well, I've got the capacity to dig six piers a day or holes, six holes a day. Okay. But, and I can fill as many as I can dig, but I can only frame three holes a day because I only have two carpenters and that's all they can do in, in, in one day. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dig three holes the first day, four holes the second day, and, and three holes the second day or the third day and four holes the fourth day so that I've always got a hole waiting for them when they get there in the morning. But I didn't create too many so that if I need to get something in and out of the yard, I don't have to plate the holes and have people, you know what I mean, and have a safety house and all these other things. I was like, okay, you get it, right? Like you get lean, you get pull and flow and overproduction and inventory is waste and all the other things that come into play when you're trying to look for opportunities for improvement. He just never heard any of the buzzwords. Right. 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 And I would be willing to bet if I went to him and said, let me show you this book that calls what you did this thing. And, you know, and you, and you try to overscience it. Uh, you'd probably say, well, that doesn't work here. Yes. <laughs> right. That doesn't apply to what we do. I, I, I've heard that a million times. And then I've seen it in action without calling it what it is. Oh, that's, yeah. that's such a good way to put it. I, I love, I love hearing that because, you know, that, that is the, the probably the, the, the biggest uh, challenge that I hear as well as, you know, it's, because they don't, they don't lean is, basic concepts it is like bringing things back to you know simplicity and there there is uh, uh some just uh it's there's not a lot of um complexity that needs to be applied when it comes mm-hmm. to lean principles right and that that is such a great example of someone that just gets it and they didn't have to be they didn't have to go through some extensive training to understand that when they came in in the morning they were sitting around waiting for a hole to be dug. Well, let's just have one ready for you, you know, by doing one extra hole the day before, right? I mean, just very right. basic, simple principles. I love that story. What are some of the other yeah. challenges that you that you came across, you know, in, in the construction industry that you would say lean principles have been able to be applied to? So as far as challenges that it solves, mm-hmm. right? I, I think from a planning standpoint, we... There's, there's a methodology in construction called last planner system. And the last planner system essentially takes lean principles and uh, in an in a, in a organized, intentional way applies them to the, the planning process of a construction project. Mm-hmm. And the idea really is it's, it's the planning that you're working, the reliability of your plan that you're striving to, uh, to improve. Okay. And the kind of the the theory behind it is if my plan becomes more reliable, right, my outcome of my project becomes predictable. And so I can say that, uh, well, studies show about 50% of all plans actually are achieved on a construction project in any given week. Hmm. Okay. So traditional planning, you get about a coin flip, right? So if, if you were my customer and you said, what's the odds that you're actually going to do what you're telling me you're going to do this week? I'd say flip flip a coin, Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Right. And I, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. And we'll find out at the end of the week. And so with glass planner system, the production system is the, is the planning process. Mm. And we say, okay, we have milestones that are, that are contract driven. So I'm going to put a, a flag in the ground three months out and I'm going to have a definition of complete for that milestone. Okay. And I'm going to back up from there and I'm hopefully going to do this to where when I'm done backing up, uh, it, it doesn't go past where I am today. Right. I have some, I have some runway still left when I'm done backing up, but I'm going to back up from there and, <clears throat> and create a, uh, a, a plan that shows the sequence and duration of all the tasks that have to occur in order for me to hit that milestone. And if I'm, if I'm, if I've given myself enough time, there's, there's some flex in that plan or PM would call it, you know, like flip, right. I've got some flip. Um, and then I'm going to do, and that's sort of like a backwards pass in project management. Mm -hmm. And then in very small increments, I'm going to manage that, that six to eight week plan. Okay. And I'm going to do it in, in much greater detail than just sequence and duration. I'm going to get down to tell me what you're going to do this week. Okay. Uh, make, and you get into a lot of human dynamics. So if mm -hmm. you're the foreman and I'm the general foreman and I say to you, Patrick, uh, how much are you going to get done this week in production? And let's say you're the, you're the excavator. You say, well, I'm going to excavate 300. I'm going to excavate 3000 linear feet. Okay. Uh, the difference between traditional project management and this lean project management approach is you told me what you're capable of doing. I'm not telling you what you have to do. Right. So there's a, there's a, you own that number. I don't own that number. Mm -hmm. Cause what if the schedule says you have to do 6,000 linear mm -hmm. feet? Does that make it possible for you to do 6,000 linear right. feet? No. Right. Right. Uh, or if I say you have to do 2000 linear feet, whatever square feet, uh, you'll pace your production to that 2000, even though you have the capacity to do more. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is let's link all of the different pieces of production so that there's no long gaps in between and that no one gets too far out. So you have work sitting, right? So inventory flow, pull, like all those things start to manifest. Uh, respect for people, because now I'm asking you instead of telling you what, what's got to get done. Right. And if your number's way off, uh, we'll negotiate. Right. Sure, we'll we'll sure. have a conversation about what we have to do. Sure. Yeah. It makes me think about uh, two different things, actually. One, mm -hmm. one, it makes me think about hour by hour charts. You know, when if we do mm -hmm. talk about the manufacturing world, right, you think about hour by hour charts. And for some organizations that I go into, uh, I see these targets for every hour of what they mm -hmm. Um, what they're, you know, what they're, they've asked their employees to try to hit these numbers. And I asked them, where did you get that target number from? And I've had companies tell me, well, you know, we, we actually reset that every day based on what uh, the orders are that are in the system. And I'm like, well, so you're telling me that, you know, because you have X number of orders, you've, you're you're giving them a goal for each hour. What if the, what if it's not? What if the machine isn't capable? What if the operator it you know isn't capable of getting that number out? And they're like, well, then they're just behind. Well, that's got to be pretty uh, <laughs> pretty you know um, tough on the employee who's you know has to write a red number on every single hour because they can't even though they're working their butt off, but they can't hit the numbers because it's right. the, they're not capable. I mean, that's, that doesn't make doesn't any make sense, possible. right? So, you know, hour by hour numbers should be based on, you know, time studies of what's actually hmm. been uh, demonstrated 
you know, with with the least amount of waste possible, right? Obviously, and and uh, you know, so we use those ten cycle and, and try to get a, an actual demonstrated target goal, um, so that then we know, okay, now when it's written in red, it's because something happened that you know caused the the something in the system, the process, something happened that caused you not to be able to hit your number. So that's what we write over here. So it's it, it just makes me think about that. Like we would never you would okay. never give someone a goal of, you know, whatever those numbers that you said that that you know, because they're not even capable of that. Right. The other thing that it made me think about is uh I don't know if you've ever been to Menlo Innovations in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's one of my favorite places to visit. Uh, but they do a project, they have a project management game that they do with their clients where they have the clients actually de help determine how much work that they want to be uh, scheduled into the week. And then they, by the, the, the client can see only what the project management team is capable of. And then each card is actually broken, broken down into how many hours each card is and they play those cards you know, so the, the client is never asking for more than what the company is capable of doing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty interesting game if, yeah. if you've yeah, ever seen cool. it. Yeah, it's Yeah. The first thing you described is kind of the last piece of the last planner system where we're, let's say at the beginning of every week when we make our commitments, we also look back to see what happened last week. You know, let's say you committed to X and you got X with a delta, right? Well, why? You ask why, right? We do five why. And well, the the whatever broke, this thing mm -hmm. broke. Okay, cool. Let's figure out why it broke. Let's put a process in place that prevents that from breaking. Or if we can't, we've got a plan B that we can, you know, have as little downtime as possible if it breaks so that next time we make our commitments, that reason for variance has been eliminated. Mm. And what you see over time is you track your percentages of commitments that are met from week to week. And if you get good, you'll see it go from a 50% up to incrementally up and down, but trending up to about 85%. And what we tend to say is if you get over 85%, you're baking waste into your commitment. And you shouldn't like people then, because it becomes a numbers game, right? People think, well, the goal is hundred percent. I got to hit my hundred percent. So I'm going to bake downtime and waste and, and breakdowns into my commitment so that I can hit that 100% and maybe even exceed it. Mm. And we actually call them out for that. So that's a that's a bad thing. If you right. hit over 85%, you're saying you're sandbagging, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen this now in my in my current role with uh, my new company where someone, let's say they're doing an inspection and they turned the scoring off on their inspection, uh, right? Because people didn't want to get a bad score. And I'm going to say, you're crazy. That means you want to hide your problems, right? right. Like that bad score is gold. You want, you want as low a score as possible because you're identifying as many things as possible to fix. But it's a cultural thing. People don't, especially maybe it's an American thing, but we just, we hate <laughs> not, you know, we hate losing. We hate, yep. we hate that low number. Well, and that, that also, I think, goes back to leadership, right? I mean, if, if someone is afraid to show their problems, if they're afraid to show red on their chart, I mean, yeah. there's got to be a reason behind that, right? And a lot of times that goes back to leadership. Is, is leadership creating a, an environment where people feel safe to, mm -hmm. to show that their problems? Or uh, if, I, if I raise my hand and say there's an issue, am, am I going to get, you know, 
am I going to get yelled at? Am, am I going to, is there going to be a, a big problem? Am I going to have to work overtime? You know, is everybody going to be mad at me? Right. So it also goes mm -hmm. back to, you know, what is, what is the environment that, that leadership is, is creating? Right. Right. I mean, I can't get out the door in the morning without something slowing me down. You know what I mean? Like something, some, something's out of gas, something broke, something didn't work. You know, I can't find my keys, whatever it is. Uh, and so to expect a, a 12 month, 400 person in construction project out in the weather to go as you planned, written down by an estimator six months prior on a P6 schedule to go exactly how it was, planned. come on, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, not as planned. It can happen. It can happen on schedule, but it's never going to sure. happen as you in envisioned it, you know, sure. uh, six months ago when you, when you bid the job. Absolutely. Right. What would yeah, you say, uh, what are some of the ways that you do measure success on a construction site? Uh, do, do you guys, do you use KPIs? Are there uh, general KPIs or, or industry accepted KPIs or, or what's used on construction sites? So in, in my experience, it's been uh, schedule performance, right? Are we, you know, earn value, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, you know, margin, the, the, the profitability of the job itself, uh quality to an extent safety always um you know they're, they're your your typicals sure you know so and and each of them and uh, you know again with the uh with with my new role and the, and the tools that we use when we talk process improvement people immediately think production mm. right uh, at least that's my opinion people think oh you know it's a, it's about driving waste out of production and it's not necessarily it's not only that right it's it's about eliminating injuries. It's about eliminating defects. It's about, you know, eliminating claims and, and, you know, any, anything that, you know, kind of gets in the way of things going other than the way you think they should be going. It doesn't have to just be production. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. What, what about technology? What's, how is technology used in um, maybe in your, uh, you know, in your industry, in your world of, of lean process improvement? You know, how is technology or, or digitalization being used to, to improve the, the work that you guys are doing? It's, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's massive. And they're slow, I'll stereotype, but they're, they're slow to adopt, right? And it's funny because you, you go to a, you know, a construction site and the guy's like, oh, I don't know how to use these, these tools. I'm, I'm too, whatever. And then, you know, it's time for a break and they pull out their phone and they're going through their, <laughs> you know, and they're updating, talking, they're doing whatever. So it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a game, you know, uh, you know, some, you get the normal bell curve of, of early adopters and champions and, and people are kind of watching to see what happens. And then the people that are never going to do it no matter what, right. I've, I've seen it. Uh, I can tell you the the best experience that I, I've had, and, and it comes with, um, you know, I, when I went to work for Safety Culture uh, with their iAuditor tool, and it was something that I was, so we had an issue, a quality issue, right, at our, in our, my former company where we had, uh, and this was in gas work, so gas distribution work, okay, uh, the stuff that just goes from down the street into your house. And uh, so we'd have the customer come in behind our work and dig up our work and say, well, you, you did this wrong, you missed this, you forgot that. And in the gas distribution world, 
you have these things called operator qualifications. And so an individual who works on that customer's system has to be qualified by that customer to perform that work. Mm. And that gets down to the task level. They have to be able to demonstrate they know how to perform uh, the different tasks that make up the job. And you could be qualified on some tasks and not others, right? So I might just be qualified to dig, so I'm the excavator. I might just be qualified to tap the main, so I'm, I'm the guy in the hole. Uh, and the more qualifications you have, the more professional you know, opportunities you have. Hmm. And if there's a problem, you could have your qualifications pulled, okay? So now you don't have any opportunity to, you know, to make money. And so there was, uh, it was, I was tasked with, okay, how do we come up with some way to demonstrate back to the customer that we did do it right when we did it right? And we came ac across iAuditor and, and the use case was, we needed something that before we left the job site, uh, we could document the quality of the work that was performed so that when you fill in the hole and you can't see anything, you don't have to dig it up to prove what we did, right? And if something were to get damaged or lost in the process of digging it up, we have a before picture, mm. okay, that we could produce. And I was told they'll never do it, right? The guys in the field will never do it. We've tried this 50 times. And what they had tried with was handing them, you know, tablets without cellular that would they create an Excel workbook and then have to take digital pictures and upload them into the workbook. And, you know, and like these not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were right. It was going to fail if we did that. Oh yeah. But this tool was simple, right? It was very simple. In fact, it was so simple that once we got it up and running, which didn't take much, uh, I handed it to the one foreman and I said, okay, hold on. I got a phone call. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll train you as soon as I get back. Took the phone call. was back in two minutes. He's like, I'm good. I got it. It's easy. Right. So first and foremost, number one, it's got to be simple to be successful. And the second thing is it's got to be, uh, it's, it's got to have a, uh, it's got to help them personally. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, you know, it can't just be do this because the company will make more money. Right. They, they need right? to know what's in it for them. <laughs> what's in it for them. Yeah. And what this did was it provided them insurance. Right? So what I would do is I go to the form and say, look, have you ever been accused of doing something wrong that you didn't do on, on site? And he goes, every time. I said, all right, well, even if it's not every time, right? Even if it's just sometimes, uh, what do you do to back it up? He said, well, I have pictures on my phone. And I said, well, show me the pictures on your phone. And he pulls up his phone and it's a picture of a hole in the ground, right? Zoomed in a picture of the hole in the ground. And he's look, I got thousands of them, right? And I said, yeah. I said, you have a thousand pictures of a thousand holes in the ground and none of them look any different. I don't know where you were when you took it. I don't know whose hole that is, right? And you'll probably break your phone tomorrow. We won't be able to find those things. I said, so if if you use this, we'll give you the phone. Uh, you take the pictures and you, you, you know, you can document the work that you did so that if there's ever an accusation against you, you've got insurance hmm. to protect yourself. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And uh, they were already taking the pictures, right? They were already kind of doing it. They were just doing it on their own. So we just had a uniform way to do it. And... We had the people that said, oh, you know, whatever, they wouldn't do it uh, until it saved their friend's job, right? Or they it bailed someone out of a, of a scrape and then, right. you know, kind of the hearts of Mondra one. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, uh, maybe I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But uh, I love that you said uh, it's it's got to be, it has to be simple because, you know, in my experience too, it's, you know, if, if they, if someone has to take two or three steps to do something, 
uh, they're just going to either figure out a different way to do it, or they're just not going to do it. You know, if they have to mm -hmm. climb over this to get to that, to, you know, look, you know, for whatever, it, it's just not going to happen. You, you, we have to figure out ways to, to make things simpler for, you know, our, our frontline team members, um, so that they don't have to jump through hoops to, to make something happen. Uh, and that, that goes for process improvement solutions. It goes for, you know, just mm -hmm. any type of work that anybody's doing. Uh, the more that we can simplify it, the better. Would right. you agree? Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen a solution to a problem get implemented and it makes it five times more complex than before you started? Oh yeah. Right. Like, you know, most, most people's response to any kind of process improvement that I've seen, their knee-jerk response is an, an inspection point, mm. right? Or, you know, or some kind of double check, or let's put it here and here and here so we know we did it right. And it's like, well, you know, okay, I guess from a quality standpoint, that'll that'll help, right? But it, from an efficiency standpoint and convenience standpoint, it's certainly not going to. Are there, are there, are there better ways that we could, uh, you know, kind of error-proof this without the redundancies? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's what it was going to be for these guys it was, you know, download this, upload that, rename this, drag it here, do this thing. And it's like, of course not. You know, that's not worth the effort. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah potentially for a, a, a short term or interim fix to protect yourself or to protect, protect mm -hmm. whoever the customer is. You know, maybe you have those those, uh, you know, interim action items and bring in a third party auditor or, a, a, you know, a, someone to inspect or whatever um, might be. Uh, but that's a short, that has to be a short term fix. So looking for the long term, you know, something that that is going to be easier in the long run uh, is always going to be better. Um, so it sounds like this, the, the app that you uh, were part of definitely helped that for these for these individuals, right? They were able to take less steps and get exactly what they needed and they understood what was in it for them. They understood the the benefits, the values that it brought to them um, by utilizing that. That's right. And and really when I was talking to them, that was the conversation I was having, right? Like this this tool may have multiple benefits to you know diff various different people. Here's the benefit to you, right? I'm asking you to take five minutes of your day, which you're already doing it for three minutes on your own with your phone, mm -hmm. do it for five minutes with this. Cause we added a couple extra questions in there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at, in the end of the day, we're like, hey, yeah, they got it. They understood the why. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What, what would you say? I mean, th that's one example. Uh, and you said that was, uh, I auditor app, correct? That's right. Yes. That, that was one example. What, what would be some other examples of, of, you know, technology and its impact on process effectiveness? So I've, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite one. There's a, I'll leave the names out, right? But there's there was a, a gentleman I was I was pretty good friends with who was not someone you would expect to be all that technology technologically proficient, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he uh, he came to me and said, "Look, we've got to do. We were installing uh, utility poles, right? He said we've got to go to 200 poles in the next two weeks, and we've got to document." the current state of these polls and write up a, a list of the work that has to get done and provide a report for each poll back to the customer. And so these polls were, let's say they were on a, down like a 30 mile stretch, right? There's a lot of driving involved and a lot of, minute of administrative work involved if we didn't have this, you know, I auditor app. So they would have to drive to the poll, 
take some digital pictures on their phone, let's say, uh, write up something on a notepad. Maybe they could get to two, three polls, have to go back to the office. And let's say they did the reports the same day they did the, they did the inspections, ideally because it's still fresh in their mind. Mm -hmm. So they write them up. There's the rest of your day. So maybe you can get three polls done in one day, and then you have to send, send those reports to the, to the customer. Uh, and so now the customer's getting batches of three a day. And do the math. I don't even know off the top of my head if that if you can get 200 polls done in two weeks at three a day, but probably not, right? Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not. <laughs> so, uh, so he said, can, "Can this app help me?" And so I said, "Well, let's let's talk it through." So you know, explain to me your process, right? Because that's always the starting point. And then, so I said, "Okay, so look, we can create a template, and that'll take me all of five minutes, and we can get you an account and get you know the the person that needs it set up to where." They can go to the poll, open the app, take the picture, fill out a couple questions, hit complete. And when they do that on the back end, I, it'll generate a report and it'll automatically email that report to your customer. Hmm. And we'll get data analytics and other, other you know, kind of, you know, bells and whistles on the back end that you don't, you don't have to concern yourself with. But if we want to know what are the top whatever things that you're going to need to replace on each poll or, you know, of all the polls or whatever data you need, we have that data. Uh, and he said, ah, oh, it's amazing. Uh, and so, so now by the time you leave your job site, but by the time you leave that one poll, the report's already in the hand of the customer. Hmm. So now you can do six inspections a day with no administrative work on the back end, right? So when you, when you ask, you know, the, the role of technology, to me, it's about freeing up, especially in the, in the construction world, it's about freeing up the the people to do the value added work. Let's let's just boil down the lean terms, right? Like they're being paid to do these to do the visual inspections, uh, but the administrative piece, number one, it's not their strength, and number two, it's it's really not the value added work, right? It's necessary, but I you know I want to minimize it as much as possible. That's right. This this did all this did all of that for them automatically, mm. uh, and so when they see technology as a solution to their problem or as a way to give them more time to, to do the, the value-added work and not something that appeases management, mm -hmm. then, right, uh, or get someone a bonus somewhere up the ladder, right? Uh, when there's a direct benefit to them, it, it'll be successful. And that's, that's really, like, I'm passionate about trying to find ways to protect the frontline worker, make their lives easier, uh, make them more efficient, you know, job satisfaction, just happier, healthier lives kind of thing. It's it's really, you know, we 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 do all this construction on their backs. We should at least lighten the load a little bit as, as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that when, you know, obviously if if they're getting bogged down with administrative tasks or or you know, if if they're being given some form of uh uh, software that is clunky or it's, you know, cut, weighing them down. Like I'm supposed to get four inspections done today and I can only get two done because of all this other stuff that I have to do on top of everything else. Right. If we can streamline that for our team members and give them, you know, the, the technology or the, 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 you know, whatever it may be, the software that's going to streamline that so that they can actually get the four done that, that they're supposed to get done that day. You know, how much mm -hmm. better is it for that person to go home at the end of their day saying, man, I really had a good day versus what a crappy day yeah. that was. Right. And, and you know what else? Yeah. You know what else it does? He looks at the lean guy, right? And says, he helped me. I want 
his help again in the future mm-hmm. versus, oh no, here comes the lean guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's about to get in my business. Let's, uh, you know, right. let's, he's going to come let's give get... me more work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, um, how about, what about change management, Kevin? What, um, have you ever had somebody that, you know, as you were, you know, maybe struggling to, you know, you, you actually mentioned this a little bit earlier, you know, with, with maybe some of the, you know, individuals that you work with, maybe they're, they're, they don't want to, um, you know, move to this new technology or they don't want to use this new tool that you're trying to present them with. Um, do you have any stories of individuals that you maybe had to work through some, a little bit of change management to get them to understand the benefits of it and what's in it for them, uh, you know, that you could share with the, the listeners? I have a funny one. It's, it probably doesn't directly answer your question. It, it, it's really what, I don't know if you could say it, it's like a, uh, it was a victory. Like I made a believer out of him, but it was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, so we, we did a training and uh, it was on, on technology, right? It was, we're going to automate our, our timesheets. We're going to automate our uh, inspections. Okay. So it was, it was two different things we we're training him on. And apparently this person that was in the training was like, I don't want any of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he transferred out of that business unit into a different business unit. Oh, okay. I've had that happen before. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a slow progression, but eventually that business unit, then we were doing this thing for too. Right. So I show up and he's like, man, and he's a nice guy. Right. But he's like, man, I left that last place because of you. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. I was like, listen, I said, I've got to train you on this. I don't care if you use it. Don't use it. That's not, that's not between me and you. That's between you and your boss. I said, but I've, I've, I have to train you on this. All right, so I'm going to make sure before I leave here today, you know what, what to do. Whether or not you do it is that's that's your decision, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he he I trained him, and you know I, I left, and about a year went by, and he was having issue an issue with that app that I trained him on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I know he used it for a year. So I, I was like, oh, maybe maybe that is a, a good story. I don't know, but he he, he called me. He said, hey, hey, Kevin, this is so and so. And uh, I don't think he knew my, I don't think he knew it was me that he was talking to, right? Like, I don't think he remembered name and face. I think someone said, oh, you're having this problem, call Kevin, he'll help you out. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, hold on. And, and I, I was able to help him resolve his issue. He was like, oh man, thanks so much. You know, this, this is a big help. I said, well, how's, how's that app working for you? He's like, oh, it's great, it's easy, no, no big deal. <laughs> I said, okay, thanks, have a good one. But like, I didn't, I didn't you know, I, I let it go at that. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's like you can run, but I don't say you can run, but you can't hide because the technology has to be the right technology, right? It, sure. it has to help. It has to help them, not just the company, but them personally. And if it does, and I can believe in it, then, you know, it's it's the right thing to do and I have no problem fighting for it. But if, you know, I mean, how many times have you said, look, yeah, you know, if, if you as the solution helping to drive the solution, you don't even believe in the solution, it's, mm-hmm. it'll fail. it'll fail for sure. Well, and that's why it's so important that, um, you know, mid managers and executive leaders, you know, buy into, uh, you know, lean methodology before it's rolled out to an organization. I, I know so many organizations where a leader came in and just said, you know, handed over a, 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 you know, 10 step, um, program, lean program to, uh, management and said, go implement this. And, you know, it's like, that's not going to be effective if you don't believe in it. If you don't, as leadership, if you, if you don't take the time to invest 
in the team members if you if you're not there helping to remove roadblocks if you if you don't believe in it like you said the the team knows that if it's not important yeah. to management it's not going to be important to them and and you know it's so much more than a book and a manual and and principles right like to me it's about relationships it's about it's about look i've seen too many lean people walk into a room and turn the whole room off by acting as if you know that i've i know something you don't and this is you you just wouldn't get it and you know it's it's not complicated it's not you know the, the guy that asked me to help him with the, the the pole inspections he understood lean he just didn't know it and it was the same guy i told you in the beginning about so the true. digging the holes he understood lean so if lean professionals the first thing they should do every time in my opinion should be to spend time with the people doing the work to understand what they do and why they do it, mm -hmm. right? Then you can start seeing, once you see the way you know the way you see the way in all things, you'll see the downtime, the inventory, the flow and the pull and the waste and the rework and all, you'll see it, right? That's right. And then you'll, then you'll be able to take those examples that you've learned and have a conversation with that person and say, look, I'm not gonna teach you about flow and pull. I'm gonna say, look, we know when you've got downtime, that's cost that's hitting your budget and it's going to be, you know, you're responsible for it. How do we make sure that, you know, we've got our capacity matched up to our production ex expectations, right? Not too much, not too little. How do, how do we, how do we do that? Right. Well, why'd you have to go back and rework that? Well, this, this, and that's happened. Well, why'd that happen? Right. Well, for this reason, okay, well, what can we do different next time to make sure that doesn't happen? We do this. Okay. So you're coaching and you're, you're getting them to see the way without having to, you know, jam it down their throats. I, th I think that's a, we do ourselves as lean professionals a, a big favor by, you know, trying to learn what they do first instead of teaching them what we know. Yeah, so true. I, I always uh, walk into any any organization that I go into. The first thing that I want to do is make the t make the team help the team to understand that I believe that that I truly believe uh, that they are the experts that I'm only here to help facilitate this this process, but you guys are the real experts. I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. I'm not here to um, tell you that I am, you know, the the all-knowing Oz, you know, that that's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I have worked with lean consultants that do walk in, just like you said, with that kind of mentality, and it completely turns people off right away. Uh, and it's, it's just not necessary. Uh, respect for people means respect for everyone. And, and when you walk into an organization, um, you don't know more than they know about their job. They know more than, than you know. And it, as a, I guess as a lean practitioner, I'm speaking specifically, right, as a lean consultant or practitioner, um, yeah. they know more than, than I do about that job. Uh, now I have some, some tools and some techniques and some different uh, you know, some, some uh, strengths that I can bring to the team. But um, mm -hmm. if I come in there and, and completely try to bulldoze them over with, you know, lean uh, terms and method, you know, terms and, and concepts, it's going to completely shut them down, you know? Yeah, you'll lose them. You'll lose them. You don't walk into a company that's 100 years old and successful, right, and, and, and doing okay and, and, and tell them they've been doing something, they, you know, that you're here to, you know, you don't know what I do. You don't know how I do it. You don't know why I do it. Like, but that's not to diminish what what we do and what we know. I think mean, there's there's no. certainly a lot of value to be had. Absolutely. Uh, you you just got to figure out where those two things come together. That's all. That's right. That's right. And it's actually, and I'll be completely transparent. You know, just within the last, 
few years, you know, I've started to open up my mind to uh, the role of technology and digitalization mm. in, in lean process improvement. You know, I, I do st still believe uh, that, you know, there's definitely power in pen to paper. There's power yeah. in, vis you know, visuals that, uh, that I'm actually uh, a, a part of, you know, the, the psychology behind putting a red cup or using a red marker. You know, there's definitely mm -hmm. power behind that. Um, and I don't want to lose that, but I also see the benefits of technology and software and, you know, the, the, what it can do to, you know, to cut some of the waste out of rolling up data of, you know, spending time trying to, you know, gather all the information off of, you know, two mm -hmm. months worth of charts and data collection, you know, and, and put it into to one area where I can actually read it because, the main goal for me when I have that data is to be able to for it to speak to me in a way that I can solve problems quicker. Right. So if the if there's right. software and technology that's out there that can help me with that, well, of course, I want to be open to that. Right. Yeah. I, I love yeah, what for you sure. guys what? are doing with the with the eye auditor. I think that's a can be a huge benefit to, to so many organizations. A huge benefit. What, so with the gas people, that was our initial use case that that evolved over time. Mm -hmm. So it evolved from take a picture before you leave to um, at certain hold points along the installation process, take that picture. And here's a picture of what that picture should look like. And here's a little call outs that, you know, make sure this looks like this and this is done this way. And it, right. So it almost became quality assurance. Mm. Right. And so now not only am I making sure that before they leave, it was done right. Not let's discover after the fact if they did it right. I've got some, some process, uh, checks put in place. Now I'm getting some consistency with the way the installation is done from, from form into form. And so it's not left open to their way of doing it. Mm -hmm. It became a training tool so that when the foreman would ask his number two, like, Hey, can you please go take this picture? And when you do make sure it looks like this, this, and this, so now you've got peer to peer training, like all of these unintended benefits and positive results started to come out of, Hey, let's, let's cover our butts here and make sure that the customer doesn't yell at us anymore. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, what I found without fail is that whenever technology kind of saves the day, let's say, let's say, you know, it, it was the right situation and the right solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, it, it, it worked for that moment. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, they said, well, where else can we, what else can it do? And where else can we use it? And how else right. can it? And that's, that can be good. That can be bad. Right. Cause then you're doing it for the sake of doing it sometimes. And yeah, you've got a solution looking for a problem, right? Uh, or, you know, you, you could have the, you know, the kind of that exponential application that, you know, maybe you didn't foresee going into it. So you just got to be careful. You're right. It's, it's not good by default, right? It's got to be the right, the right time and place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, understanding what the technology is doing for you, you know, understanding before. So, so not just accepting this, this new tool, you know, or this new technology and, and just, okay, just tell me how to do it. No, but really helping your team to understand what it's doing behind the scenes and, and how this information can actually help me. And, and, you know, really giving them that, that full understanding rather than just bringing them in and saying, just use it and, it'll be better. Well, that's not enough for, for a lot of people. Yeah. It, it's important that we understand no. when, when this, 
when this doesn't go the way that I expected, what, what am I looking at here? Or what can I do differently to make sure that I can still fulfill my job requirements, you know, when the technology right. doesn't work exactly the way you said or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things we did is when we were rolling that out, we included the employees in how the, the templates were built, let's say. So mm. we got their feedback. And what questions should we ask to make sure that we've got you covered when you're doing these? Well, you know, put one, phrase it this way, put this in, take this out, and we listen to them, right? And then what we did is uh, when they, we small pilot, and of course we'd always pilot it with three people we know would do it and one person we knew would give us a problem, mm. right? So that person was like out, outnumbered, right? Every time that we did it, so. Sure. Uh, and then we'd bring them back and get their feedback. You know, what worked, what didn't work? And no matter what they told us, if we could, if it was a good idea, we'd implement it. If it wasn't something we were going to implement, we told them no and we told them why, mm. right? We didn't drag it out. Uh, and we built trust, you know, and it wasn't like all, you know, rainbows and unicorns or whatever, but it, they, they trusted us to the point where they knew this, this is a tool that benefited them. Uh, and it, it was being done for the right reasons. That's right. right. So, yeah, it was all good. No, that's great. So, Kevin, if, if anyone's interested to learn more about uh, your company, Safety Culture, or the iAuditor app, um, I mean, where, where would they go? We can throw some of these links in the show notes, but where would they go to, to find more information on, on what you guys do and, and the benefits that you offer to, to companies? Yeah, safetyculture.com. You can download free trial of the app, right? iAuditor's on the Apple Store and Google, I don't know what Google does, Google Store, whatever they have. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I, could, I could do this for another two hours if you want. Right. Although, <laughs> probably, I don't think you'd find listeners that would listen to it for two more hours. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> Maybe. You know, thank you. It's, it's been great. Yeah, no, it's been great. <laughs> uh, Kevin, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything you're doing uh, for the construction industry and, and the utility contractor space, uh, lots of good things happening there. And uh, definitely uh, look forward to having you back on again in the future. Maybe we can talk about, you know, updates or, or what's happening in, in your industry. And, and again, um, as technology continues to change and improve, uh, obviously we want to stay on the, the forefront of that. So keep us, keep us in the loop. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.